Today on the podcast, we return back to Christian Gaze. <laughs> Today on the podcast. <laughs> Let's try that again. Today Great on the podcast. Hello and welcome to Caged In Presents Coppola Connections, brought to you as ever by the Breadcrumbs Collective and hosted by me, Petros Patsilavus. So, we've made it to the end of the year, guys. This is episode 28 of this new adventure on the podcast. So, before we get into it and uh, do some little thank yous for the end of the year... Um, if this is your first time with the podcast, what we do here is we watch every single film in the collective Coppola family filmography to determine, are they the greatest film family of all time? So, if uh, you're, you're all caught up to speed, yeah, we've made it to the end of the year and it's kind of amazing to, uh, if, if you're here for just the Coppola connections or if you've been a been a long time listener and you've you've moved on over to this new journey i thank you so much it's uh it always means so much to me that people listen to this so yeah we thought for this episode seeing as it is the final one of the year and we're in that weird period right now between christmas and new year oh yeah hope you had a good christmas was it good to get all the all the, all the presents you wanted well here's a present for you because we're talking about 50 Shades Darker. 2021 has been a weird and uh, often bad year. So we thought we'd wallow in the misery of it all and talk about 50 Shades Darker. I'm uh, joined once again by Charlie Vero Martin to talk about this one. And it's a very, very fun episode as we kind of descend into madness talking about this film. As always, the regular spoiler warnings do apply. So with all of that out of the way, all that's left to do is return to the Red Room as we make some Coppola Connections. on the podcast we return back to christian gray's playroom for more torture and very little pleasure as we look at 2017's erotic drama sequel to the worldwide hit 50 shades of gray with 50 shades darker directed by james foley written by niall leonard starring dakota johnson jamie dornan eric johnson rita ora and kim basinger the film cinematographer this week is a Coppola connection and is John Schwartzman, baby. Joining me this week to find out if this film is all pain or has an ounce of pleasure is return guest and my go-to host for all things Fifty Shades, comedian, <laughs> actor, and writer, Charlie Varamartin. How are you, Charlie? Hello, I'm well. Thank you for having me back. Thank, thank you. How are for, you? I'm very well. Thank <laughs> you for joining me. I, I wanted to know since you've watched the like since watching the first Fifty Shades film, how has it kind of like stayed? Is it stayed with you at all? Or is it kind of like left your left your brain entirely? Um, no, I think 
stayed with me a bit. Um, I think it was just every now and then I would just remember things from it that annoyed me. Mm. Um, so nothing, nothing exciting or titillating. Um, and of course, all of that came flooding back watching the second one. <laughs> well, yeah, what, I, I'm not sure how you felt about it, but I definitely had this thing, like knowing it was coming up to watch it, even though I hated <laughs> the first one. It was like that thing of like having like a blister or like a spot or something. It's like, I know I shouldn't, <laughs> but I kind of really want to like watch the second one. Like, if I, 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 oh, yeah. I had that feeling of like the reason I don't watch trash TV is like, I know I will just like gaze at the mm. car crash in front of me and be like, oh, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. There's like <laughs> this morbid curiosity to it. And that's exactly how I felt when it came to. I don't know, I kind of want to watch, like, yeah, after watching the second one, and I'm, I'm saving it for when we record the third episode, but I'm just like, <laughs> oh, kind of, kind of want to watch the third one now. Um, but before we get too, oh. before we get too deep into talking about Fifty Shades, um, obviously this film has a Coppola connection, and I wanted to ask you oh. your Coppola credentials, and, like, when did you first become oh. aware of the Coppola family as, like, a kind of entity? Was there an entry point, or was there a person in the family you became aware of first um i'm not sure because i feel like i was always aware of things like the godfather and stuff um in school and growing up and then when i went to uni so in scotland you do uh an ma for four years and you take take three subjects so uh one of them i did was film studies so my first year it felt like very much we were watching everything from them. <laughs> um, and the first film, the first essay I had to write was about um, The Conversation. Amazing. Um, which is a great film. Um, and that kind of, I think, was one of the first films that I hadn't heard of or seen that I actually had to really, really watch in a lot of detail that I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think. And then, yeah, but, but prior to that, there was like Lost in Translation, all these things. But I guess as, in terms of like thinking about it as like a, an entity, I would say maybe first year film studies. Great. Yeah, that's, uh, that feels like that. Yeah, they feel like a family who can't be missed, right? When kind of looking at kind yeah. of, especially Francis Ford Coppola and what he's done for, for modern cinema. So um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But you, you, you move and shake in London. Have you ever met a Coppola? Charlie, have you ever you ever you ever bumped into a Coppola when you're out um, and about? I actually went to school with a Coppola. No. Um, yeah, I went to primary school with a Vanna Coppola, who's in no way related <laughs> to the Coppola. <laughs> I got you there. I got you. Hey, um, we'll have that on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe I should talk to her. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, I mean, I'm from Edinburgh, and I went to Catholic school, so. I have a lot of Italian uh, friends, yep. <laughs> and I also speak Italian, so I do know Coppola's, but none of them are famous. <laughs> they're probably they're probably related somewhere down the line, right? Got oh, surely cousins of cousins of cousins. Yeah, that, we'll go with that. Yeah, I, I don't um, want to have to amend my family tree I've created for the Coppola family because it's big enough as it is. Just, <laughs> just the ones who work in film, let alone let alone poor Ivana from Scotland. Yeah, she works in, um, last I saw her, she worked in the uh, uh, underwear department of M&S. So, 
Wow, so yeah. very, very fitting for the film we're going to be talking about today. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah, maybe Ivana was a fan <laughs> of Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> maybe she knows whether it is a good good idea to take off your pants at a, at a fancy restaurant and give them to your partner oh my to God. put in his pocket. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten that bit of the film. As we, <laughs> I like watched this on Saturday, and I feel like that feels so long ago. And looking at my notes, I'm like, what i'm really wishing i'd watched it again right now but oh well we'll see how this goes (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure i'll be able to dislodge some some dark memories of this film from your brain as as we discuss it so um this is a bit of a weird one like when it comes to cinematographers unless they're kind of like a roger deakins you don't tend to look out for them like film fans yeah like yeah just i don't know yeah just, just the, the the general person watching films that go, ooh, that cinematographer is a bit of my fancy. But do you know <laughs> what would have been the first John Swartzman film you would have seen? Oh God, no! I, I, I probably again. I should do more research before I come. <laughs> these things. What, what are some of his previous? Um, so he would have uh, done like uh, The Rock, Armageddon. Um, Pearl Harbor, Sea Biscuit. Uh, he's kind of got this really crazy career, and he's probably one of the more fascinating ones to talk about on this podcast because there is so many. Like he's worked in so many different things. He'll do like, as I said, Armageddon, but he's also done Last Christmas from 2019. He he did the Amazing <laughs> Spider Man from 2012. So yeah, he's all over the place. He's all over the place. I'm sure it would be fascinating to talk to someone who actually knows. <laughs> um, let me. I suppose maybe the Amazing Spider-Man might have been okay. My first. No, no, because that's that's. That's 2012. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Um. Oh, he did Highwaymen. I liked Highwaymen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's. And Saving Mr. Banks. Okay. Oh, I have seen a lot of his films. Armageddon, obviously, saw way back in the day. Was it you that put on Twitter recently or something? The clip of um, the, <laughs> the behind-the-scenes Ben yeah. Affleck roasting Armageddon. Oh, it was so good. That, that's, from the direct, that's from the commentary track that's on like the DVD, which is like, <laughs> it's insane. And ben Affleck sounds like he's drunk a, a fair few beers and is really like spilling the beans. He talks about... Michael Bay. I'd love this fact, and I'll say it whenever I can. Made made Ben Affleck get his teeth fixed. He spent twenty grand for Ben Affleck to get his teeth fixed because he's like, you're not a leading man yet because your teeth are a bit too crooked. So if you kind of look at pre Armageddon, like Ben Affleck looks like a regular guy from Boston. Afterwards, Mm. he looks like shiny, clean, like straight teeth, and it's like when you watch that film. Again, you're like, they are white, they are straight. Do you know what I mean? It's like I don't. Know, it's like a boardroom for any major, ma- major business in the world. Do you know what I mean? Just straight and white. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. There's been like women, especially, yes. need to do way crazier things. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I kind of feel like if someone wanted to give me twenty odd grand to get my teeth like completely like looking as perfect as they ever could. I would not complain. Oh, de- yeah, definitely. Uh, last year, I, I lost a tooth. Um, oh no! It's 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 one it's one at the back. I'm I'm all right. But, okay. Like, I was kind of looking at oh how do I, like could I get like a new one? 
basically. And it's like, oh, that's two grand, like by today's yeah. money. So I was like, damn, like I can only imagine what a full, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the full set being. I, I'm not sure what they are. If they're veneers or they've kind of been like, yeah, they all get veneers. I think. I don't know how they do it. I don't know the magic that's going on with the teeth. But uh, this, yeah, this feels like a weird <laughs> avenue to be going down, Charlie. So, um, sorry, I got a stone on the teeth, teeth front. Um, but yeah, no, Armageddon, all all of those films. But uh, most recently, yeah, Highwaymen and um, Saving Mr. Banks. I'm I'm a fan of those two films. <laughs> what yeah. one of those you were meant to come on the podcast to talk about? Yeah, I roped yes. you in to talking about the Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I do you know what? I feel honoured. I, if anything, I'm enjoying this a lot more. I think because I feel like I'd be like, I would just end up talking about um, uh, Mary Poppins a lot instead. I have a lot to say about Mary Poppins, but may, but maybe we will eventually get. We will. We, we have to start. We have to start at the bottom and work our way to the top. Yeah. Talk about the, yeah. the, the the depravity that is Fifty Shades of Grey. To talk about the loveliness that is Saving Mr. Banks. Uh, I mean, I mean, we say we keep saying this, but I I really didn't think there was really any depravity. In yeah. No. I just mean like. It, 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 in the way of like it's just uh i don't know shit do you know what i mean talk about the yeah. shit we got we got to go to the bottom yeah, of the yeah. barrel before we can go to like near the top of the barrel i wouldn't say yeah saving mr okay. banks is, is a shiny it. apple right at the top of that barrel but it's, it's a good film um yeah, so yeah let's talk about 50 shades darker <laughs> but before we do here's the trailer yep. definitely got to admit that that's probably not the most uh audio friendly trailer in the world uh but I, no. I, that moment when there was like the boom, boom, 
boom, boom. Like when it was kind of all, all popping off. I think like one of the shots in that, and we'll we'll get to this scene in a lot, this sequence in a lot of detail. I can imagine mm-hmm. is like shots of uh, the helicopter going out of control which like oh yeah yes so <laughs> uh before we get to your relationship with this film and when you first saw <laughs> it uh uh can you give us a little um plot synopsis for this film can you can you set it up for us what what this film is about charlie okay um so well the i feel like we should say first of all the first film ends on the cliffhanger of you know, will she ever be able to forgive him? Will he ever be able to, like, get over his weird relationship issues? Will they get back together? Um, and the answer from pretty much the very start of this film is, yes, that all happens immediately. <laughs> fairly quickly, yeah. immediately. And there's not very much drama about it. It's like, I didn't really like it when you did that thing. And he's like, yeah, I can understand that. Which is kind of all we needed him to say in the first film. And uh, and they get back together. And, and that's pretty much, that is pretty much it, I feel. Apart from you find out that some of his ex-girlfriends have gone a bit crazy and start, like, stalking her. And... She's having, she, she, she's, she's, she's now, like, a, a girl boss working in lit, like uh, in publishing publishing and, and yeah has, has, has a seedy seedy boss but she also has a a boyfriend who can just solve any of her problems every problem yeah all basically all all the problems that were there in the first film are no longer really there um all the problems that arise in the second film get fixed fairly quickly Mm-hmm. And uh, they seem to be living a successful, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Just as like my opening, like kind of uh, thoughts on this film, it felt like I was watching like an EastEnders, EastEnders omnibus at like two times speed because it felt so mm. episodic. And there's just like kind of so much good, like stuff happens, but then it's just kind of dealt with so yep. quickly. And it's like, yep, that should be like at least like a 20 minute section in this film like some kind of tension and drama to it yeah it's like literally resolved in two scenes yeah. like <laughs> and not not only is it resolved things improve for the people it's not like it's resolved but oh we're scarred from that it's like oh my boss was a dick um but now it's resolved because i have his job so now i've gone up in the world um <laughs> Oh, you you were in a helicopter crash. Oh, but it's fine because you're safe now and you know that we all love each other a lot and we're improving our relationship. It's just everything, every, not only is everything fixed, but every, at least in the first film, all the drama and tension came from the little, you know, character that the two main characters had. Mm-hmm. In the second film, everything that goes wrong happens because of outside horses yeah, yeah yeah and they just are just walking about their lives and it's other things and other people going wrong they don't cause any of the drama um and and then and then they just fix it and move on but he's so, i would say he's just as problematic as he is in the first film right like he, he is like yeah. he's still got all these weird hang-ups 
cops and kind of like I don't know. He see like you, you, there's a there's a really icky scene where you like there's a confrontation between Anna, um, Layla. Her name is like one of his old submissives, and he uh, kind of yes. defuses the situation by kind of using his like kinky charms and his kind of hold over her to be like give me the gun and then takes it like a step further by going and now Neil and like puts his hand on her head yeah. and stuff like that and it's just like have you got all these women like locked up in a park and kind of like <laughs> it felt it felt weird it felt like there is definitely like some some bodies in some closets that he's not he's not telling us about yeah but then even then that happens and she's like and anna's like a bit freaked out she's like oh is that how i'm gonna end up or oh you don't really care about your past girlfriends he's like i've sent her to the best psych world in the country she's gonna get all the help she needs i'm gonna pay for all her health care and it's just like oh okay but like that's all too yeah even the bit at the beginning with the old um mistress woman the woman who like caused all these issues for her in, in the first place she comes out the woodwork and like him and his mum step forward and they're like, hmm, yes, you are a problem. You're upsetting Anna. Go away. And that's yeah. it. There's no confrontation of being like, oh, but she's my best friend. Or it's like, nope, we're on Anna's side. It's all good. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's very bizarre. Um, I guess what, one of the places to start off with in this conversation is quite early on in this film, we get, I guess, what was one of our lowlights of the first film was a conversation between Anna and her mum on the phone, who exclusively lives in this film on the other end of a telephone. And uh, I just wanted to play <laughs> that first exchange they have on the, uh, on the telephone. Great. Have you heard from Christian? Uh, yeah. He sent me flowers to wish me luck. Sweetheart. Are you ever going to tell me what happened between you? Fundamental differences, I guess. <laughs> Fundamental differences. <laughs> the thing is, that happened at like 4 minutes 20. I only know that because I have to write down times to get clips. And by like 10 minutes, they are back together. It's what exactly. I don't understand. There is no like will they won't they about it it's like nope he just it's like his gesture of going to her friend's like photo exhibition which again jose creepy guy yeah. she, she she rebuffed him in the first film and his like exhibition yeah. is like 60 percent candid photos of anastasia and she is like shocked mm -hmm. as if like i have I didn't even know these photos. Like, do you know what I mean? I imagine they were taken with a telescopic lens. Like, she, she's like, <laughs> I didn't even know these photos existed. Why are they blown up yeah. like twice the size of my actual body? And why is there so many of them? And why have they yeah, all just been that sold? That really bothered me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That re. I, I, I genuinely, I thought he was completely like that was really toxic. Like. There's a reason people like, and then she's proved right, like, because she's like, you know, her privacy is completely taken away. And then the, her ex boyfriend buys all the photos. Like, yes, that's what men do. That's what creepy. This is why women don't like their pictures being taken. Yeah, yeah. Never mind 
publicly displayed to what? buy and purchase and own. I, I, I've got a clip of that first meeting between uh, Anastasia and Christian. <laughs> Check this out, guys. It was you, wasn't it? You just went and bought all of these? Like the doing. Oh, like strangers gawking at you. Why are you here? For you. we talk somewhere private? No. Look, I'm not very good at this. I've never had to, I've never wanted to try again. Christian, I don't, it's not a good Let's idea. talk, okay? Just talk, please. Have dinner with me. <laughs> what did, yeah, what did you think, what, what did you think of the kind of uh, weird reconciliation that they have? Like the kind of way it's played out in this film. I mean, first of all, I just want to say when he says, like, oh, I didn't like strangers gawking at you. So I gave all the money to the guy that put your privacy in danger. Like, that's <laughs> all of that is not the way to handle that situation. So that's one thing. <laughs> that kind of gesture does not help it for me. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, I got, I actually can't really remember. Did they not just go have sex after that? They they basically <laughs> go for a meal and like one of the things I don't quite understand about this is like there has been no like character development of nope. any of the characters and especially like Anastasia she kind of like comes back in this film and she's gone from being like this prudish almost like oh this world is too much for me to just being this kind of ultra game for it vixen who's kind of like mm. well now it's like there's this contract's not involved i'm like i'm game for it do you know what I mean and it's like mm. i don't like and it doesn't go that much into like i could understand if it was an element of like oh now you actually love me like do you yeah. know, like i actually know that you love me then cool uh yeah i i, I want to kind of explore with you it doesn't even feel like he loves no. her in any way. Everything just feels like quite empty and hollow. And all the gestures he makes throughout the film are just like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, within within no time at all, they kind of have sex. And he's like, call, calls his, like, I don't know, like, um, accountant the next morning and is like, oh, put 24 grand in, a sta- in Anastasia yeah. Steele's account. Like, I don't, what the fuck's that yeah. about? That's, yeah, uh, it's, I mean, I can understand her after that first date of being like, oh, okay, maybe you do want to change. That's all I need. I only, she, maybe she's like, I just needed to know he was open to change because for the whole of the first film, he was so just like, you're the one being closed-minded, blah, 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 and like not doing anything. Yeah. So I can see, like, I can understand how, the, I think it's also, that's quite realistic. Like, we've all been in relationships before where, You've had fights or you've broken up, and then it's like, oh, maybe he's changed, and then you sleep mm-hmm. together. Um, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that didn't bother me too much because I was like, that would probably happen. Mm-hmm. And if the whole film is just going to be her being like, no, mm-hmm. not until you say you love me, and I'm like, oh, that would have been boring. But then it still ended up being a very boring film. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very boring. And, like, one of the things he, he uh, tells her on that, like, kind of, first date i guess 
uh, of this film is he like reiterates his his origin story and like we the film opens yeah. with this this flashback of, of yeah i guess like christians but like childhood when he's like hiding under a table and there's this mean scary man and it's all like dimly lit and like kind of looks a bit black yeah. and white and this is yeah so I, <laughs> i've got starts with childhood abuse not sexy <laughs> that because and it just i think it just bummed me out at the start because these are films that are meant to be like you know sort of fun and sexy titillating films for women and it's like oh can women not have a sexy film without it having some really deep and dark backstory like watching that doesn't make me arouse yeah and like and i just i've also got written down here at some point um around all this because all the complicated stuff that stuff at the start with the um child like him going through his child abuse and stuff i've just written why can't women just have porn (laughs) (laughs) why why can't why can't this film just be you know christian gray looking sexy in various places why why does there have to be all this work yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and there's an yeah there's an element to this film that is like that that kind of uh thing of i can fit like do you mean he's broken he's i can fix him and like there's there's a moment that is perplexing me that's quite early on in this when he he drew, he gets her to draw a square on his chest in lipstick and i have no yeah. idea what it means he just says like these are my boundaries and i'm like what 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 are your boundaries having lipstick drawn on your chest like i have no idea what you're talking about was that not to be like so he, she didn't touch his chest so she didn't touch his heart or where his burn marks were Oh. I thought that's what that was about. Oh, that's like the... outside the square. She could so she can touch his arms and she can touch his head. For the listeners, I'm like patting an invisible man, um, <laughs> <laughs> but she can't touch his chest because that's where all his like are they cigarette burns? Is that what those are meant to be? The like welts on his skin uh, from like his previous mistress, I his get... previous dominatrix woman. I'm guessing so, or 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 they're supposed to be that guy who used to put out cigarettes on him when he was a kid, or something like that. Oh, maybe it was him. See, they don't go into all that. It's no. like who who did this to you? I think she actually says, "Who did this to you?" And he doesn't say. And I'm like, that's a fair question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that never gets. I assumed it was the woman from when he was a teenager, but it, and you're right, it could have been the guy. So yeah, it's. I thought it was like oh don't touch my scars or my chest it's too intimate so it's what i took from that <laughs> have have dakota johnson and jamie dornan got better in this film or worse you would have expected like having a whole film to kind of get to know characters that they would understand them more and kind of their performances would be better their chemistry would be better but what, what's your kind of reading on it do, do, do they seem better as a as a, as a kind of couple uh... or are they worse as actors you know what i'm still gonna give them the benefit of the doubt i don't think they get enough screen time to explore any real chemistry i think there's is there there's even less sex in this film than there is in the first film 
pretty sure. I think there's more more scenes, but they're a lot short. Like there's kind of a lot of like quickies. Do you know what I mean? There's kind of just like right. a kind of thirty seconds, wham bam. Whereas the first one, it's a lot more like yeah, long protracted sex scenes. Like they're kind of yeah, they're in 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 replacement of what you'd have in an action film of an action set piece. It's like now cut to slow music, sex scene red room or like do you know what I mean I don't know putting an ice yeah. cube up a minge or something like that <laughs> <laughs> no I never thought I would say this if I could hear myself saying this back to Charlie who recorded the first podcast I I missed the sex scenes from the first film because <laughs> <laughs> the sex scenes in this film you're right they're too this is meant to be a film that's meant to be about like BDSM and it's not all to be about like teasing and all this stuff there's no teasing it's they're all the sex scenes are very short and they're very you see so much of dakota's nipples Mm -hmm. in this film and none of jamie dornan's arse yeah and that was the opposite in the first film and i i don't know if it's because it's a male director for this film it's Mm. female director in the first film but there (laughs) sorry i'm getting into this now in the in these like sex scenes it's like he doesn't even fully take his trousers down. It's just like, and I'm like, why? Yeah, why? We're seeing massive nipples from Dakota at every ang- at every chance. Yeah, yeah. And he's not even bothering to take his trousers off. Like, yeah, he's, why? Basically, he's basically popping it out of his flies, right? Like he's some of the popping it out. Yeah. he's just popping it out and popping it in, and that's it. That's all the sex. That's it. Yeah, I was like, that's not what I signed up for. I I guess like and that is the thing like this film does get to moments where it, it it does get slightly erotic and it is that thing of like the teasing that is mm. erotic and there's that that moment he pulls out which I guess like I, I was getting excited because I thought we were getting a call back to the first film when he pulls out these two like what well, looks at first like they're the anal beads uh, but I yes. guess they're like love eggs and uh, yes. She replies with, No, you're not putting those in my butt. They won't go in your butt. (laughs) I mean, it was a fair question. (laughs) I'm glad they clarified. But again, later on, they they just sort of like whip them out and it's just like chuck them aside. Like, you know, there's not... (laughs) You know, rolling around in carpet fluff. It's like... (laughs) kind of you know mm. not really called back to that's that's as much as you get because i was like okay mm-hmm. it's like 20 minutes into the film it's got like two hours to go we're starting off with love eggs all right this might go somewhere and that's that's about as far as it all goes so and so that, that, now we're kind even of remote control them? no remote I, gu- I guess they're just moving about like uh oh yeah and I, i'm sure it wouldn't be recommended as well with like love eggs that you use your own saliva i'm not sure like yeah yeah i didn't think there was enough prep in all the sex in this including that there's not nearly enough foreplay and again this is meant to be a sexy film for women there's no jamie dornan bum and there's no foreplay well we'll get back <laughs> into this working we'll get back into the plot of this but it feels like since we're on the the topic of the sex scenes in this film we might as well just like talk about all of them uh one of the ones i wanted to talk about was i've got it written down in my notes 
as uh, it's like leg part a sex scene, and he has this kind of device which like she oh yeah <laughs> like because she goes like the 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 maid like um mrs doyle or something like that is kind of <laughs> that's in, what we're calling it yeah in in the apartment and has left the red room open and uh first of all she finds uh some nipple clamps and says this to christian does she come in here a lot to like does she does she Dust in here. Question we asked in the first podcast. Yes. Come here. Give me your hand. Yeah, so she plays with a nipple clamp and then she says, What 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 is this? Which like it looks like some kind of steampunk contraption with some like uh yeah. braces. Bra- like oh, like telescopic with like uh, kind of uh, hot like leg harnesses on, on, on they're either like wooden end. stirrups um but yeah also so wait do we ever see them use the nipple clamps no the nipple clamps no. like the butt plug from the first film the nipple clamps are just like mentioned and there is no there is no that you know I mean it wasn't Chekhov's yeah. nipple clamps it wasn't Chekhov's it, butt plug <laughs> Chekhov's, like, yeah and, and i feel unsatisfied robbed robbed because well you see so much of her nipples she's got very protruding nipples yeah, yeah, yeah. they're ideal probably for those kind of nipple clamps <laughs> so why why have they not utilized that well, i don't know even when you get to the last sex scene as well it's quite vanilla it's basically like she is she is like uh blindfolded and then he just puts like oil on her essential oils and then they just kind of like have they just have sex basically it's not like yeah, it's not like the kind of raunch and steam that we were kind of promised as uh, Fifty Shades exactly. of Grey fans. I guess that's what we are now. We're Fifty Shades of Grey fans, right? <laughs> like we're we're, we're, we're two the way thirds through the little. trilogy. <laughs> but yeah, get, getting back to that 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 scene with that like yeah that weird, the tele- weird telescopic leg wooden thing. shelf thing. But uh-huh. he 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 she, he she says to him something about oh what's this and he replies like. Oh, you need to you need to learn how to to walk before you run. She like yeah. Response, oh, well, I like running, and then they <laughs> use them, and they're hilarious. To like, <laughs> that is hilarious. So the the way it yeah. kind of works, if you like, if you haven't seen the film, is just basically it parts it parts the wearer's legs, and then there is just a bar yeah. between the legs, and he basically like uses her like circus equipment it kind of feels like it's like you learn juggling do you know what I mean you learn the diablo <laughs> you learn a bit of poi and then it's this thing where you're kind of flipping someone back and forth like they're a pancake or something it's like it seems weird it's very bizarre i'm not like i'm not yeah. Yeah, again i'm not like i said i'm not prudish it just like that feels like a lot of work for essentially being like yeah like it feels like it'd be a bit a lot more sensual to like touch someone and turn them over as opposed to have this weird device where you're kind of like yeah like flipping them over like (laughs) also like is it is it that much different to the first film where she had her feet tied to the harness and stuff like no not really basically does the same thing yeah it's that he's now got like the ability to just kind of at will go now I want to look at your back. 
Wabam! Like now, to look at your front. Wabam! Like it's just like there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing kind of. It, it doesn't feel like it's aiding sex in any way. Do you know what I mean? That, no, that's what I wanted I to say. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be comfortable for her. I don't think it would be comfortable for him either, because surely he's going to like bang his shins on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, surely it makes things more difficult. Um. So yeah, I wasn't very, I wasn't very impressed by that. Um, and I feel again, there must be surely other things they could have explored. Why go for the weird, boring wooden slap slap thing? Yeah, yeah. All of it seems like I don't like that. That is the thing that didn't stand that stand out, standed out to me the the least was the sex in this. Yeah, for a film that's supposed to. I be... mean, I'd practically forgotten about it. That's how little yeah. I remembered it. Um, before all wait is that before or after she gets like a makeover is this before they go to the ball or after this is after but let's talk about the ball after because yeah the ball just comes out of nowhere right it's just kind of like like a lot in this film it's just like all of a sudden it's like oh yeah by the way we're going to this thing it's on friday yeah let's go there bye 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 yeah we're there now (laughs) yeah i mean so one thing that i didn't uh, despite the fact we spoke for about three hours on the last podcast, something I didn't talk about that I really want that I think definitely comes up here is, and this is me maybe getting a bit personal. I have a weird, conflicted um, thing, like a fantasy about the whole getting a makeover thing, getting a man to pick you out an outfit thing, right? Because they do this in the first film and they do it a lot here. It's like there is. And it's like you see it in like James Bond in a lot of films where it's like, oh, I know exactly what you look good Mm -hmm. in and like buys her the perfect dress and the perfect size and the perfect style and the perfect laundry to go with and all the jewelry and everything. You're like, great. I don't have to go shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's looked at me and thought this is what she'll look exquisite in and like knows me so well. And on one side, I'm like, yeah, that would be super cool. And on the other side, I'd be like, Ugh, that's really horrible and creepy and disgusting and actually really controlling and weird. And I just, every time it comes up in a film, I'm initially like, ooh, he gave her a pretty dress. And then I'm immediately like, no, in real life, I would hate that. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I've always found it in relationships, you know, like with that thing of like, like you, you hear of guys who buy their partners like lingerie for like uh, an mm. anniversary or like Christmas or whatever. And yeah. I, I'm always like, it's never quite like sat with me because it's like it feels like I'd have to need like a little notebook with like sizes and stuff like that like the kind of admin that goes with it feels a bit like in invasive in a weird way do you know what I mean it's like I know I know a voucher for Ann Summers isn't as sexy <laughs> but at least, like do you know what I mean it's like a, I'm a practical guy like I don't and, and, and I'm riddled with anxiety that I'd get it wrong and then do you know what I mean I mean and it's like I've oh. had friends who have worked in um I've worked in a lot of shops but never um never laundry or underwear. Hey, Ivana Coppola might know a lot oh. about it. And like and guys would come in being like, Yeah, I need to buy laundry for my wife for Christmas or whatever and they'd be like, Okay, what size? And they're like, I don't know. It's like you have to memorize like three digits. Like yeah. It's written, you've known this woman for how many years? You probably spent the first couple of years just looking at her boobs. Like, how do you not know her bra size? And then why do you expect me to be able to guess it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that, that's, <laughs> that's why, yeah. I, 
yeah, I like I'm not trying to dig myself out of a hole here. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> like I just, I just found the idea of, uh, yeah, most mo- mm. mo- most most early stages of relationship. I probably am looking at the boobs most of the time, but at the same time, it's the admin of finding out the exact size that I was kind of like, when does it get to the point where, I don't know, I want to wear her skin as a suit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like how, how far does it go? How, how far will it go yeah. with these kind of like... I think, that's, I think that's the weird conflict about the idea of getting that as the gift is like, on the one side, I find the idea of a guy taking all of that admin off me really, really fun and romantic, being like, oh, great. I don't need to go find, a dre- like, try on lots of dresses mm-hmm. and, like, feel gross and, like, somebody knows exactly what to put me in and I'll look perfect but then there's also that creepy side of being like oh is this a controlling thing will he be upset if i don't wear it yeah. is it weird that he wants me to dress a specific way because that is something that and i feel like that comes up in these sort of films a lot it came and initially it does feel like ooh, how exciting but the more you think about it the more weird it is well it it, it leaves a like kind of bitter taste in your mouth in this film when you mm. find out that he kind of has this like dossier on her that kind of like yes is the kind of thing i'm talking about where it's like do you know what i mean like he knows how many like she she like remarks like oh the only thing that's not in here is how many times i take like a toilet break at work and it's like <laughs> Why stop there? Do you know what I mean? It kind of it kind yeah. of feels like he would know, I don't know, like when her cycle is. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels <laughs> like he's, he, he's plotting he out all that. He does because it's his his doctor that yes. his, like he insisted that she go to his doctor to for the pill. the pill. Yeah. So like yeah. uh, he probably does know all that. That's what I do. Do we reckon Christian can, can I ask a do you think Christian Grey is really into period sex or no? No. I don't I reckon. He's, decide. I don't think he is. I don't reckon he's as like. Uh, I reckon he's too clinical for that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, I agree. And to be honest, I I don't judge him for that at all. Um, but it's that weird thing as well. Like, if I don't know, now I'm just I now I feel like we're doing. You know what's that? Things that Myers Briggs test. I feel like I just want a Myers Briggs. <laughs> well, one thing we are doing, I've noticed, is talking about. <laughs> things that are around the film but avoiding talking about the film which may give you an oh, sorry no 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 which may give you uh a hint at our thoughts on the film because i'm doing the same i'm i'm trying to avoid yeah. talking about this kind of steaming pile of shit as much as you charlie so <laughs> but it's it's i think i'm not avoiding talking i think it's because because the film was created to be this like talking point about ooh like sexual exploration and blah 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 Ooh, how do you feel about this and it's like but it doesn't it doesn't give enough to actually allow people to have that conversation instead you just end up talking about everything that it's not <laughs> yeah well you, you don't get the, um, you don't get the internal logic of the character you don't get anastasia's internal no. logic why she has made this sudden change in like being up for it do you know what i mean and it's kind of like yeah yeah there's that whole aspect of diving back into a toxic relationship where you think like they're gonna change it's gonna be different this time but then like there is that thing of like she just seems like a totally different person it's like all of a sudden like she's got a job Mm. and it's like hey 
now like now now I'm in control. The woman I mean? like, of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she needs like uh, knee high leather boots to be like. Do you know what I mean, I'm taking charge this time, Christian. It's like, <laughs> but she just falls into his traps anyway of kind of just being like, yeah. he'll do something shit and then he like wows her by being like. Hey, come ride on my boat. You can sail it for a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Here's some money. Let's throw some money at the problem. Although, I suppose, is it that much of a change? Because in the first film, the thing that she really had most issue with was the punishment nature of Mm -hmm. it. And even then, she didn't mind it a little bit at the start. She just didn't like it when it was like, oh, you literally want to just beat me up for your own satisfaction. Like, I'm not. And then. He does say he's like, oh, or she says in that clip, like, no more punishments. And he's like, okay. So is it that big of a change? Like, considering mm. she was a virgin, she'd never done anything sexual in her life. She was pretty up for, like, you know, even though it's still not, like, that, like, big a deal. But considering she went from nothing in the first film to being like, yeah, I'll be tied up. Yeah, I'll be blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can hit my hand. So she, I think she was fairly game mm-hmm. in the first film. And maybe this film, it's just like she's just maybe being a bit more assertive yeah. in saying what her boundaries are. Yeah. I disagree. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're trying to figure out this film together. That's, that's, what this, that's what this whole process is about, Charlie. I'm yeah. happy to be wrong. I'm happy to disagree as well. Uh, <laughs> It's not a hill you're gonna die on. It's not, Fifty Shades Darker. Fifty Shades Darker is no, 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 no. There's there's, there's <laughs> other hills I'm happy to to take a stand on, but this is not one of them. Um, oh, like uh, I, I I did want to talk about something, but I totally it's totally just fucking like escaped um, my mind. Going going back to the uh, uh, the ball, I was super disappointed with the ball mm. because. All of the the posters and the trailer and everything shows you all these pictures and everything of them being at this really glamorous, sexy, mysterious, masked ball. And then it was at his parents' house. Yeah. It was being thrown for his mum and dad and, like, his mum and dad's pals. And, like, that's so unsexy. And then there's a... Re- and it's, like, I, I was expecting... I was like, okay, they're doing, like, this masked Venetian ball. There's going to be lots of, like, glorious, like, glamorous costumes. I thought it was going to be, like... Have you ever heard of... um? Those killing kittens uh, parties. Oh, the real, yeah, yeah, like the 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 kind of like exclusive invite only kind yeah. of affairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to wear masks and stuff, and it's like there's playrooms and orgies and stuff. I was like, ooh, maybe it's gonna get a bit like that. It's like get, that could be fun. Yeah, it's gonna go full eyes wide shut, right? It's gonna be like we're gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. Be on the Rubicon of what of of taste and decency and get real sexy. Yeah, right? it's gonna no, be no. lots of people, lots of really hot people, just like getting getting sexy with masks on. And instead, it was like, oh, she goes to an auction with her has with her boyfriend's mum, gets shouted at by a middle aged woman, and then they have sex in like the unsexiest, like in a teenage boy's bedroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with this like shitty blinds and curtains. I was like, at least if they're gonna disappear and be like, let's leave this party and go have sex, go to some like really like glamorous like like art gallery wing of the house or yeah. like 
somewhere really, really interesting. Don't go to his childhood bedroom what, what in your ball gown. What I don't get about his bedroom is like they're supposed to be this moneyed family, but his bedroom looks like that of like a teenager from a Steven Spielberg film from the eighties. Yeah, you know I mean? it's like yeah, it's all like wood It's like paneled. the room from Boy Meets World. Yeah, it's like what is it? And I, I checked out some of the posters he's got on his wall. Uh, one of them, he has a Chronicles of Riddick poster, and he has like a, a Japanese Blade Runner poster, I believe, on his wall as well. So mm. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what that tells us about Christian Grey. I guess um, it's like- just—it's like such a plain boy. I've written blinds aren't sexy. <laughs> <laughs> They're not because they've got these like shitty looking. Oh, it's terrible that I was like distracted from the sex by looking at like these shitty like not quite closed blind venetian yeah. blinds that's as close like you know i wanted them to be like having sex in a even if it was like the cloakroom of the party or something like, yeah or like a like know, an observatory or kind of like a greenhouse yeah. or, or something like that has some yeah. element of Something a bit more close to the party as well that has that kind of element exactly. of like it could be found out or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I something a bit more. Yeah, not the. A bit more glamorous. Not, 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 not the room with all the coats in it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like, oh, oh come <laughs> like, on. On the bed, yeah. So yeah, I was very disappointed with 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 that. I, um, I, I've got a clip that I think maybe mm-hmm. like. Um, like prove your point a bit more about her asserting dominance and assertiveness <laughs> when she like um has the, like makes a bid in the auction for a ah. stay at his kind of aspen uh villa and kind of his reaction to that of of kind of her winning the bid and uh he doesn't he he's he, he kind of she gains his respect in some weird twisted mm. way i don't know whether to worship at your feet or spank you Twenty-four thousand dollars going once going twice take option two where yeah which leads to them her getting spanked in his childhood bedroom right which feels a bit weird yeah I <laughs> yeah i just so disappointing and then we don't really go back to the ball there's no dancing even there's no like mysterious strangers there's like i yeah i thought there would be something as like i don't know as hack as like somebody else being in the same dress as her or some kind of element of mistaken identity at the ball do you know what mm. i mean like some kind of intro do you know what i mean like i don't know yeah. like yeah or like she can't find him because there's lots of men in tuxes and he keeps changing his mask or something and it's i don't know like yeah or or even to play up that kind of because this film like gives us like some horror imagery with this previous Mm. uh like play pet of christians and like yeah. there could have been stuff of like flashes of her at the party and stuff like that yeah she could have been at the party in disguise that could have all been kind of fun. They could have ended up in a, if they're doing this big Venetian uh, mass ball. They could have gone out into like a maze, and like maybe they'd have sex in a maze, and there'd be like stuff jumping out at them, all that kind of stuff. Like, 
Yeah, it was so it was over so quickly. It was so disappointing. We spent most of the ball in his childhood bedroom and then in the ladies' toilet. Yes. That's well, most and it's like the two of the the last places I want to be at that ball. Like <laughs> So let's I, I wanted them even to be like, you know, they go into the room where the feast is and they have sex on top of all the grapes or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. I wanted there to be like a big ballroom feast that they like get really i wanted it to be really hedonistic yeah he's eating like, charcuterie off of her body do you know what i mean they're yeah. eating, they're eating or a chocolate fountain or yeah. something yeah something yeah something decadent and hedonistic would have been perfect um, that's exactly what it should have that's what it's meant to be a mass ball you know but, but this, very disappointing. this film's very soapy and i think like that that um mm. that confrontation in the toilet between uh Anastasia and Elena played by Kim Basinger mm. kind of her warning Anastasia off of Christian being like if it wasn't for me he'd be in jail as if like and and again that's quite What's that about I guess it's supposed <laughs> to be that like he just has these animalistic urges to kind of be this dominant that he can't control himself and it if it wasn't for her he would like yeah. he wouldn't know how to control it at all and kind of I don't know be out there like beating the shit out of people. Do you know what I mean he would be a Patrick Bateman yeah. if it wasn't for her? Yeah. Kind of, you know that, that thing like uh, like psychopaths. Uh, uh, all it is is determined by how much money you're born into. So like if if you're if you're poor you go out and kill people. If you're like yeah. If, if you're well, rich you just... become a business tycoon. Yeah. There's also, but there's also this sort of nature versus it's so it's nature versus nurture. Because mm-hmm. um, as you say, Patrick Bateman is perfect. Like I and the whole of the first film, I got huge Patrick Bateman vibes. Um, but obviously, he he becomes a business tycoon and then also still murder still murders people. But like, basically, people say it's like fifty fifty nature nurture. So as long as like you have caring parents as well, like yeah you might become like a business tycoon or you might um you know still have those kind of tendencies but you're not actually gonna hurt someone yeah um and it seems like his parents are very loving and very caring except for the fact that she didn't realize her best friend was like fucking her son (laughs) and like torturing him and it's like you know so that's all kind of bullshit you know, if if the friend had just left her, left him alone, he he would have just been with his very nice, caring mum and sister and stuff, and have probably quite a happy time. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is again, there's so many kind of weird plot threads that are brought up and then dealt with very quickly. But this is one that kind of we are left at the end of the film thinking, oh, there's going to be more in the third, and it is um Anastasia's boss Jack by eric johnson oh yeah uh, let's let, let's play a clip of probably the creepiest man in the world <laughs> there are plenty of qualified people who would kill for this job i mean look i don't want to brag but i'm a pretty great teacher i'm sure you are i'm just not seeing the initiative on your side of it uh, i've read more than you've asked me to and i I'm on top of it. I'm talking about going the extra mile. Unless you want me to 
compete with Christian Grey. Can you can you talk us through your thought process throughout this scene and, and tell us how this scene plays out, Charlie? Uh he's very creepy. Um <laughs> and it's I don't know. I kind of I could see it coming right from the start when mm-hmm. he asked her, How are you making out with those manuscripts? I'm like, oh right. <laughs> yeah. You should have been aware of this before. Um and- but yeah, he basically sexually assaults her, or at least attempts to. And there's this whole thing about like, oh, we're going to see what's going to happen. It's like, just fire him. He should be not just fired. He should probably be taken to like court. Like, yeah, well, that it's quite simple. <laughs> there's that whole. There's like the thing is, she seems to be just like walking into situations with like, yeah, her, like her blinkers on, not realizing like. The first instance, I guess, would be when she's invited to Friday drinks and there's no one Mm. else there but him. Like, Mm. and then, like, Christian gets shirty with him. And then even in this scene, like, when he's, like, kind of after that, she she apologises to him and says, like, oh. Yeah, and, like, yeah, the second that he starts, he's he's very predatory and it's like, oh, other people would kill for this job, blah, 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 blah. She could be just like, oh fucking stick it then yeah. <laughs> like yeah especially because she knows from the other like she's he's had two other assistants leave i think their hr de- department is horrific why did the hr woman not say anything to her beforehand like or at least be like you know you can always come to me if yeah. there's something that's making you uncomfortable oh. I want to read um, the transcripts of these closing interviews with these previous <laughs> as, like assistants. Yeah. Because like, there must yeah, have been some stuff in there. Yeah, if he's tried this on with two other women, why has he not been fired yet? Why is he still doing this? Like, I, they're a terrible company. What I, don't, what I don't get is, like, his logic as a character. Like, yeah, he may be a piece of shit. That is fine. But, to, like, he must not be ignorant to the fact Christian Grey has just bought the kind of holding company that it like oh, yeah. you know I mean? he's kind of like he'll be his his boss's boss essentially yet still tries this yeah. shit and says says this icky thing he says a couple of icky things i've got them both on clips but he says this first to anastasia if you're gonna fuck your way to prominence then you should do it with someone who can at least make you smarter not just richer uh, that that's that's nothing. You want to get really icky. Here's, here's, here's the cherry on top, guys. I can make you come like nobody else has. <laughs> not him. Not anyone. No. And it, yeah. I think well, this is the thing. He's so he's so arrogant. Of obviously, like he's extremely controlling and manipulative, but he's also obviously arrogant. He obviously thinks he can. He is more attractive than Christian Grey and has more going for him, and that maybe does think so little of her that she might be like, "Sure, I'll sleep with you. I'll carry on sleeping with him, and I might sleep with you too." Like maybe that's what he thinks she's up for. Yeah, it's it's bizarre though because like there is like no. I don't know there's no even that there's no real tension in it and it's kind of all capped off with within like 
30 minutes of the film, really. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's like, as you said, it's like a two-hour, 20 runtime. It's like, you could have, like, given us a bit more of that, in a way. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? Or kind of made it a bit more interesting in regards to, like, the storytelling be that there is, like, there is an attraction there. Like, not him just go full, like, yeah. crazy. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, maybe, I don't know, create some, like, kind it's, of... Um, yeah. Some like like in the in the first one where it's like it looks like it's going to set up Jose as like a kind of potential mm. like stumbling block in the relationship. It's like yeah. In this one, it's like no, he's a creep. Let's just get get rid yeah. of him straight away. He's and very then it's dumb. Yeah, if it had been like, because I guess they maybe tried to do that a little bit with him, like bringing her coffee and being a good like I'm a good boss, I'm a cool boss, sort of thing. But you could just tell he was a creep. And it was very clear how jealous he was immediately when she got a boyfriend. Because mm-hmm. um, if it had been like, oh, maybe he is nice. And then suddenly he shows his cards and it's like, oh, no, he's a psychopath. Um, that would have been a bit more of a, I see what you mean. Yeah. It's it, like What's weird. It feels like almost like, I, I, I guess it isn't the case. Like, cause this is written by E.O. James's husband. But it, it, it almost oh. feels like that thing where, you know, like where like the budget doesn't allow for it, where it's like <laughs> in the book, maybe she does go to New York and that's when uh. she finds out that he's a creep or something like that, which again yeah. would have made for more danger, more threat, because it's not just like she's at work. She's now away yeah. from home. She's kind of somewhere yeah. she doesn't know. And it creates that creates a lot more tension in it like anastasia's out on her own she's trying to escape this guy not just like christian's outside the door he's literally outside the door with a car yeah and 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 his muscle (laughs) of a driver taylor Uh uh-huh yeah it's yeah the stakes again are suddenly gone and then what happens does christian then sort it out yeah he like makes some calls and again that annoys me because it's like well, she should be, it should be that she then goes to the HR woman <laughs> and maybe Christian's like, you're right. You should make a formal complaint. You should, you should report him and get him fired rather than him being like taking it all and doing it for her. And then her just being like, it's like, she's like a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. It's a damsel in distress thing. And, and she doesn't get to come off it, you know, with any sense of power. It's like, oh, thank God I had a boyfriend to sort it all out for me, well, the, you know? The, yeah, and the film thinks that, like, I don't know, it's kind of uh, g- giving her some urgency and, like, uh, like she has some purpose by, like, delivering the line. Well, is, is this line right here? Is it to be like, oh, well, like because she, she's offered the chance of becoming a kept woman by uh, a Christian, but she, she responds mm. with this. You can just... Christian, you know I love working. You can't keep me locked up in your penthouse. <laughs> Which, like, what, like, what, just because she, like, do you know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden she's, like, work, she's working it. But, like, then the film doesn't, like, show us her making her way on her own in business. Yes, she exactly. Just, she's then, like, uh the product of nepotism and is kind of like handed the keys to this company where she's gone yeah. from being assistant to acting like 
CEO, basically. Editor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes no I sense. I felt really sorry for the other girl who then becomes her assistant, who I got the sense, like, I got the sense at the start of this film, like, this, she just started the job, isn't it? It's like a new job, right? So she's, like, hardly been there. She goes in, I get the sense this other girl has probably been there a lot longer, seen girls come and go, and been like, hmm, maybe I should go for that role. But I don't want to because he's a creep. Um, so I guess I'll just stick at my like subpar desk job. And then she comes in and then swoops in this job. And then suddenly she's her assistant. And it's like, that must be shitty for that girl yeah. <laughs> to be like, you just got here. I, I, and it's like, I know it sucks that he like her sexually harassed her. But like, that's not, that's not, as you say, giving her any sort of agency in her career I, 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 and the fact that like that the person she steals a job from is a person of color as well like do you know what I mean yeah. and it's like it, it's just this thing of like it's nepotism it is kind of like it's just like white privilege like strikes yeah. again and like even when she goes to the boardroom and she's talking to like the investors and the people like higher up than her she kind of wins them over by going hey there's this guy who, who who's a uh, who's an influencer online who got a million hits last week and they're like acting like wow you've just like solved all of our problems like (laughs) you're gonna you've got the job kid like it's like what the fuck like what are you going on about yeah yeah it was all very and she's she is very like back to her like oh well i am you know there's this thing and i'm like i really there's a phrase um but like a scottish phrase um she she feels very sort of mealy mouthed mm-hmm. um that's that kind of like just like a bit woosy and i just kind of i just i'm like just grow back woman <laughs> <laughs> you know just you know you're there you've got the thing like why are you being so like spit out <laughs> um yeah it really i mean maybe i would enjoy working if i immediately got to have my dream job yeah definitely yeah yeah, 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 of course but like my one of my notes for this film is it it feels like it's written like a game of consequences you know that game where you fold over Mm. paper and each person gets to write another line because like yeah stuff just happens like and it's like and all of a sudden this happens like she yeah because now she's the ceo of the company and then like <laughs> and then it's like the film remembers yeah. oh we've got to we've got to have some like sex in it so like it's like oh we're gonna we're gonna celebrate and they go out for like a nice meal and around that point in the film as well i had this kind of realization that's like neither of them have like any friends really like uh, but like no anna kind of is like that worst kind of person who, who who as soon as they've got like a partner it's like nobody else exists in their life and it's like yeah, that is yeah. that is toxic behavior do you know what I mean it's like yeah all you have is this like this guy which even by the events of this like did we establish how long like the first film like the time period that like was over because this doesn't feel like it's long after that it's like they've known each no. other maybe three months yeah you know, it's like and also she the one time she does turn up 
I guess, I mean, maybe all films do this because she's the main character. She's she's very self-involved. Like, she goes to meet her friends and it still all ends up being about her. And I know her boyfriend's in a plane crash, but it's just it just feels like no matter what's happening, she's like, they're like, so what's happening with you guys? She's like, oh, well, she's just always being very coy about everything. And I'm like, just answer the stupid question. Yeah, just yeah, be yeah. like, yeah, we're going out again. It seems all right. Well, How about at, you? At that point, <laughs> they're not even just going out. She's moved in as well. She's like, moved in. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all very fast. Well, let's, um, let's get back to some sexy stuff in this film. I've got a clip. Oh, sexy stuff. Okay. I've got a clip from, uh, yeah, when they celebrate uh anna's job promotion oh i think i know this take off your panties <laughs> do i know right in here yeah right here now go on and <laughs> like i think before then she had said like let's or like after that says let's take this celebration home or something or before that she says yeah. that and then that's why he says take off her panties which leads to uh, a very bizarre scene of um him fingering her in a lift to oh yeah <laughs> 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 uh... it's just it's all kind of just a bit um yeah <laughs> What, what, Sorry, continue no, describing the situation. What really gets me about the... Uh... <laughs> what really Do you think get... he still has the pants in his pocket when yeah. he goes when he wears the suit next time? I reckon... Uh, no, I reckon Mrs. Doyle's found them and has put them in the dry cleaning, oh, right. I reckon. What's weird about that, <laughs> that, that fingering scene in the left is that it's, uh, it's scored to this. Uh, is this Danny Elfman again? Oh yeah, it's like Charlie Brown's Christmas. It is. It is Van Morrison who who is now a like staunch anti-vaxer and anti kind of masker. Um. Who, yeah, who, who scores this sex? I, I think this this is not a sexy song, is it? Like, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll let people it's, listen. It's quite whimsical. I guess if they were setting up being like, oh, it's going to be a fun sexy. Oh, they're going to yeah. have some fun. But I don't think that's really what happens, is it? Like, it's just... Yeah, I'll let people at home listen to a few seconds of this and go, are you turned on right now? <laughs> You're blush. Can I just have one more that is not sexy <laughs> that's like that's like a song you play for the mums and dads to dance to at a wedding yeah. that's not getting fingered in a lift music <laughs> unless they were trying to think of what music would be played in a lift like music maybe they thought that was where they were going with it yeah, yeah. Then you just want you want music. Don't, that would that yeah. at least that would have like one of the things this film doesn't have that the first one had is some elements of comedy in it. Like not that the yeah. first one is like laugh out loud funny, but there are attempts at humor. Whether it is like yeah, when yeah, when Christian says this is my playroom and Anastasia says oh what you've got an Xbox in yeah, there. it's at least an attempt at some kind of humor. This takes itself way too seriously. It's po-faced as fuck, right? It's kind of like... Yeah. Really, <laughs> po-faced. 
It is. It's like the whole film is very like, mm. and it again, like the first one, it made me feel like the Belinda Blinks books that are read out on. Yeah, my dad wrote a porno. Are just yeah. just as probably good as the Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey books because they're like, this is just and like I think this film's deranged. And I think the moment I got to that, I was like, I was watching this film laughing out loud when it got to the point when, um, yeah, Christian has to go to Portland to do some business. And on the way back, like like the cocky asshole he is, decides that he's going to fly his helicopter over yeah. a, a volcano. And then I, one I was like, where are they? Like, And then I remembered, yeah. I think I watched, uh, there is a film in that, the, the, uh, there is a film? There is a volcano in the uh, like uh, Washington area, I think, around like Portland. Right. But it seemed weird because it, there was a jungle <laughs> surrounding it, for one. Yeah. Yeah. I got very confused. I thought, oh, they're like South America or somewhere. It's like a long way to travel on a helicopter. Uh, <laughs> but when that, yeah. when that helicopter started going down, I was like, this film is fucking Billy. deranged. And like, I, was, I was in, I was like, Oh, I did not see this coming. I'm enjoying this. Like, I was like, because at the time, I think I looked at the like, the, the time, I was like, oh, there's like half hour, 40 minutes left of the film here. I was like, there you go. Like, is the kind of cliffhanger going to be? Like, yeah. He's, he's just disappeared. And like, do you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 the third one opens and he's still not back or something like that. No, he is back. <laughs> Yeah. Immediately, he, they're like, oh, he's been found, and he's at the door. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the clip to prove it. Christian Gray and his colleague, Roz Bailey, have been found safe and well, and are at this moment on their way back to Seattle. Sources tell us their helicopter had to make a... What the hell are y'all doing here? Christian. Oh, my God. Oh, Christian. Like, I, I'm, I'm perplexed. I'm the, like, it's like, it gives, it's like, it's like the film goes, here's chances for something exciting and kind of yeah. different and take us to a, a new place and goes, no, like we get we're, the, the thing you care about. We don't is the relationship between <laughs> Christian and Anna. And it's like, we don't like, yeah. like put some, put some spice in that. Do you know what I mean? This is very much a korma of a movie. Like give us a bit of a madras <laughs> at least. None of the drama comes from within their relationship oh. at all. At or all. Oh boy, and that, like, because that that is preceded by like him probably doing, I think, next to the I don't know, like ejaculating and saying "Will you marry me?" is possibly like the second worst proposal ever. Like, kind of half asleep from a nightmare and just going, oh, "Will you ma like marry me?" Yeah. And it's like, what, like. This is supposed. To, this film is supposed to be romantic, like yeah. no, it's not. Like that's not. That, like I don't know. I'm I'm a single man, so I might not know about romance. <laughs> but I know that's not romantic. I don't know. I mean, it's probably like again more realistic as to how most people get engaged. Um, one thing I thought I was like, oh, here's a window into something. Oh, they're gonna do something here some character development here this could be fun and it gets completely dismissed is i think it's before the whole helicopter thing after he's um the layla girls turned up and he's 
sorted her out, um, is that he then submits to Anna. He gets, he falls on his knees mm. and is like, I'll submit to you. And I'm like, ooh, he's submitting to her. Great. Let's go into that more. And then she's just like, get up. And it's like, <laughs> no, let's see where this goes. <laughs> I want to see what you do with this. This, this, and then it just ends up being like another chat. Like, yeah, yeah that could have been really interesting. He's like, okay, I'll be your servant. What do you want from me? And like, maybe they play that for a while, but they don't. No, he just gets uh, in a helicopter. Yeah, because obviously she like, she like goes. That's the thing. That's like I think like one of the red flag. Like when I was like Anna, get out of there. Is when he does that. And then she like goes on a goes on a walk for a bit because she's like fuck this. Well, you think she thinks fuck this. Returns to mm-hmm. Christian's apartment, and he's immediately he he's like like she's a teenager who's like not told their parents when they're coming back. He's like, yeah. where the fuck have you been? I've had people combing the streets looking for you. It's like fuck off, mate. She's a grown woman. Yeah. Leave her alone. Yeah, I've just remembered when. They redo the proposal when he proposes with the actual ring. It is quite romantic. It's like when they go into this, is they go into a swimming pool or something? It's like this weird room that, like, it's like because the 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 floor is glass. It's like it must be a swimming pool in the room below or something like that. Yeah, you kind of get the shimmer of the water. Yeah, and I did remember thinking, and I've got written down like that was quite uh, romantic until he says he asked her to be mine and i'm yes. just like Ugh. yeah i've i've that's, i've, I've that's got like the worst way to ask someone to marry <laughs> yeah i think i've got that proposal right here be mine share my life with me that's nice yes bury me could have share my life with Call me Mary. that's been nice be fine no <laughs> They, they all just feel like different line readings. Do you know what I mean? Like, which yeah. one do I go for? And they've just like left them all in. All in. Yeah, because he doesn't read any of them differently. Yeah. They're all said with the exact same today. Yeah, like they're doing alts. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll leave the camera running. Uh, Jamie, just give us a, a different couple of line yeah. reads of, of, of what he could say. And it's like, why would the first one be be mine? And like, one of the things I kind of picked up on in this film as well is like, she like texts him at something like, "Oh, let's not get fucking started on why is a film in 2017 that cost 55 million dollars <laughs> relying so much on text messages that you have to read yeah. on screen?" It's like we're like the yeah. filmmaking should be better than this, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, but but yeah, she says, "I love you" to him. And it like it feels like again there's going to be some tension in their relationship because like it seems like he's not like he doesn't say it back and it feels like it's a thing, and then I think like the uh-huh. next scene she she like she says to him like I love you he kind of like says reluctantly as it as it sounds yeah. like this kind of line delivery he says it back and it's like oh is this, is this a thing or is this not a thing like I don't know I don't know what this film if if the film even knows it's trying to make a thing of yeah. that or just like I don't know. Is this like, yeah, because it's like, is this the first time these two characters are saying I love you? Like, I feel like that should be a little bit more momentous, Mm -hmm. especially as he's like, I can never be loved. No one can ever love me. 
Well, I could never love anyone. Like, it's like, well, no. oh, you got over that quick. They don't make an, they don't make enough of that. And like, uh, so no. uh, <laughs> let's let's kind of talk about the plot, and then we'll talk about some things. Uh, yeah, to kind of wrap up on the plot of this and talk about some things around it. And uh, <laughs> I I wanted to play a clip just because this film is nicely bookended by phone calls from the mum and. Oh, we're both yeah. we're both fans of the mum on the other end of the phone, Charlie. So let's let's hear from her again. Hi, Anna, sweetheart. Where have you been? I know I've been. I I'm sorry. Work has been so crazy. I hope they're not overworking yeah. you. No, no. It's actually it's going really well. Um, but I was calling because I um I wanted to talk to you about Christian. Christian. You've heard from him? Yeah. We got back together. Mommy! That's wonderful. This time it's going to last. I know it is. I hope you're right, because, um, he asked me to marry him, and I said yes. Mom? You're not. I'm not pregnant. Um, I know that we haven't been together very long, but I, I love him so much. He's the one. Oh, sweetheart. I'm so happy for you. You are? Of course. You've always known your own mind. If that man is the love of your life, you grab him with both hands. Thanks, Mama. Have you called Ray? Um, no, not yet. Um, Christian did, though. He asked for his permission. <laughs> he asked for your hand. That's so chivalrous. <laughs> oh, what the... Well, I don't understand their relationship at all. I do not. I don't... I like... Because in the first one, aren't they like really pally pally? And now in this one, it's kind mm. of like she seems worried to tell her. And it's like, why, like, if I don't know, why have you not talked to your mum in this, like, in this two week period where you've kind of yeah. got back together? Do you know what I mean? Like, it kind of it feels weird. It feels like her mum would have been calling her because the last phone call she got, she sounded really down in the dumps and like kind of starting a new job yeah. and a bit like. I don't know and, and and it's like why is the mum not called her and said like hey you doing yeah. okay like I don't, why is it now and it's like so much has happened even if it's just like the good stuff where she's like oh i'm like acting ceo of the publishing company now or whatever like why wouldn't you have even told her that like why are you wait so is this after the helicopter crash surely her mum saw on the news because apparently that's all it was all over the yeah. news yeah 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 it's hell surely she'd have been like hey sweetie your ex-boyfriend's helicopter crashed are you okay <laughs> like why have they not talked about any of that yeah I, I i guess the logic of this film is going well they're no in the mum's eyes they're no longer together so He's dead to me. Even though she still <laughs> she still feels fondly about him. She's the one going like, "Have you heard from Christian?" So you would have thought she would that have been straight great. on the phone to be like, "Hey, I, I don't know. Maybe it was local news. Maybe they didn't get it in 
uh, where was it? The mom, Virginia, I think it's the mum was from. Uh. She gets to visit her in the first one. Uh, <laughs> so they have yeah. that proposal like that comes shortly after that um that phone call. And then and then we get the kind of like the stick the the post credit scene, right? I guess if this was made by Marvel Studios, this would have been held off to, to the end of the credits where we, we see Jack, the uh the boss, return yeah. to the what what I love about it, what this is the one thing that kind of made me think, ooh, that's like some nice like uh symbology or kind of like connective tissue throughout this mm. is that he uses a cigarette to burn a hole in Christian's face and obviously we've seen that mm. it's like Christian has these cigarette burns all over his body. It's like mm. oh Jack's got that intent. Jack's re- he, he yeah. really hates him. Even though he kind of feels like like you said about mealy mouth, it's like, oh you're just gonna pick this guy to be like the villain for the third film, right? Is this where we're going for yeah. the third film? An ex-book publisher, like, what's he gonna, what's he gonna do to him? Give him a paper cut? I don't know, like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is this big intent? Like, why, why does he hate him so much? It's like, you know, he okay, so he bought over the company. It's like, but you did get away with doing a lot of stuff. I guess cycles aren't rational people, but like, I still don't. Why, like, is he gonna really? Is he really gonna try and kill them? Is that the suggestion? That I, think, <laughs> I think that is where this film is. Uh, yeah, is 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 trying to lead us heading. Yeah, which right feels feels very like a weird place for it to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> as we start to wrap up, um, <laughs> one one of the things I wanted to say about this film is directed by the director. Of Glen Gary Glen Ross, which like <laughs> is an absolute barnstormer of a film, which kind of has yeah. some, some fantastic performances from Al Pacino and Jack Lemon and kind of like Love Jack Lemon's one of my favourite actors in the world. Yeah, one of these like great all star casts has got a couple of people in there that uh I guess are aren't in popular favour anymore, but it's yes. got some people who are absolute legends at what they do and based on is it David Mamet? play so yeah but it feels like a bit of a fall from grace to go from Glenn Gary Glenn <laughs> Ross to this right yeah I mean the thing is I mean with Glenn Gary Glenn Ross the the play is so good the mm-hmm. text is so good how much I mean I can't really remember the film that much how much of it we feel is due to the director and how much of it is due to the already good, you know, script and cast. Mm-hmm. It's like, should we really be surprised that this film's like, you know, because it's like dealing with not so great script. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that is the key issue of this film, isn't it? And it's the, the key issue of the first. It's like, you can only polish a turd so much. And like, yeah. from everything I know about the original novels is they are, they're not well written, and I know that, especially now, so that E.L. James's husband is writing the script for this one. She had very strict stipulations on kind of what you can do, what you can't do with adapting her work. Whether it's like some mm. of the dialogue has to be verbatim. So I guess, I guess some of it might have been the fact that um, I don't know. There are key lines from the book 
that like fans, do you know what I mean? Readers would like be in the cinema being like, I don't know, like how <laughs> comic book fans like when Iron yeah. Man says I am Iron Man kind of whoop and cheer when like I don't know when when Anastasia says, What are butt plugs? Like all the all the <laughs> audience go, Woo! I remember that from the book, baby. Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder why why was James Foley chosen to direct this film? Because the other thing is Glengarry Glen is it because Glengarry Glen Ross is all about like businessmen, like high powered, like manipulative businessmen and that's kind of what Christian Grey is? Like I feel like that's you know, this is meant to be a film about a young woman's story and sexual enlightening enlightenment. Like, why did they think this guy would be the best to tell that? Um, the, the thing I could, I like looking at his IMDb, I could think could be a possible connective thing to look, uh, is the fact that he, he directed 12 episodes of House of Cards. So I guess, like, right. he's just like, maybe the studio were looking for, like, this kind of, yeah, he's kind of got this career after the 90s, like, into the, later 2000s kind of just doing a lot of tv stuff and like mm. so i guess he just felt like a safe pair of hands and that's what this film very much feels like mm. even down to john schwartzman's like cinematography which like it just all feels a bit safe right it all got yeah which is and it's meant to be a film that's meant to make that's meant to be a bit dangerous and yeah. naughty and all these and it's really not that difficult to put more butt shots in. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel he tripped at a very, like, it's such a simple thing. This is meant to be a film that's a little bit naughty for middle-aged, middle-class women. Just show Jamie Dornan's bum a bit more. I don't think you see it at all. You see it in the first film. You barely see him with, like, his shirt off. Mm -hmm. Like, you know? Without, well, he gets a big square drawn in it. Like, (laughs) Yeah, you I, see, and you see so much of Dakota Johnson's nipples. It's like I kind of got bored of seeing her nipples. Yeah, as a red-blooded male, um, so did I. I was kind of like, this is like I, I can. It felt icky. It felt like this, like mm. especially from the first one, which kind of felt very like equal. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you, you almost get a glimpse of a shaft in the first one. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, he barely takes down his trousers in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I just, and that, that is my main, and it's a legit criticism of the direction. Yeah. <laughs> the directing in this film is, there's not enough, but I wonder what would have, what was the name of, um, Patty Jenkins, she directed the Wonder Woman film, didn't she? Mm-hmm. I wonder what it would have been like in her hands. I wonder what yeah. she would have done with this film. Because, like, there's full on nudity from the guys in that. And he was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I should get more naked. Um, I'm trying to think of like other other interesting directors. Because there's a film I watched um, earlier this year, Zola, which originally mm. was supposed to be directed by uh, um, oh, did, 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 what's his name, James, uh, real bad guy, friends with Seth Rogen. Um, oh, people are screaming uh, at there. Franco. James Franco was supposed to direct that film, and it's directed by this oh. amazing. Um, like female director called uh Javenka Bravo who mm-hmm. like and I, I I just think like a film like this as as kind of trashy and pulpy as it is like there's almost mm-hmm. an element of Zola a film that is based on a Twitter thread it's like a 
there is a trashy story in there. But somebody yeah. like, putting someone like that hand, that that hand is like creative with it and stuff like that, and does stuff like that. That film mm. does a lot with like text messages and stuff like that. But it has the characters yeah. kind of like in a in the way it's done is like the characters are like laying on their bed and you can hear the voiceover of them reading their text messages and stuff like that. So mm. it makes it a bit more and like, do you know what I mean? And it dynamic. Yeah, and it uses Intimate. like the sounds of a text message to kind of like in the score to kind of like let us know a text message has been sent and like messes with like ultra bright lights on the faces as people are reading them not as like dull as dishwater as this film is with kind of yeah. like text messages up on screen but a female director like that i just think like yeah exactly or the woman who directed um uh hustlers or something yes. like that deals with like sexy content and you know women's sexuality and things like that it's just and it yeah it needed it needed that behind it, it something yeah. someone like that i guess there's even like male directors who could have handled this a lot yeah. better than this as well do you know what i mean like there's plenty of people for it, yeah for sure it feels very televisual i think that's what i was like that like, like, yeah. like kind of closing point on this is it feels very 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 televisual um so yeah as we start to wrap up charlie is there anything you feel like we've <laughs> missed or didn't talk about on this film um there were a couple of things that i'm just reading my notes um i i did get so one thing i have to admit since the last podcast is um i did listen to the 50 shades of gray soundtrack quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) i have i did look up some of this i did download some of the stuff from because that was a good soundtrack this soundtrack, not so much. And I do realise I also wrote Moonlight Song, Lift Fingering. Is well, up on that. The music but, in this sounds like the Black Keys or like black like remixes of Black Keys songs. And it's yeah. like, Christ, I think Christian Grey is a Black Keys fan. Yes. Well, one thing, but one thing that did get like 20, uh, like 2004 or five Charlie excited is when she runs over to... Um, I think it's after she has the fight with her boss or they go, well, she runs over to Christians and it's got uh, Jeff Buckley's Lover You Should Have Come Over on playing. And I mm-hmm. think like 15 year old me would have been super happy about that. I wondered where I that like, was Ooh. going to go because there is a horrible <laughs> Coldplay cover in this film. And it's like, how, oh, no. how could Coldplay get any worse? Oh, we'll give it the John Lewis Christmas advert treatment by slowing it down even more. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the yeah. scientist that's covered. Oh, it's, it's a real, like, uh, yeah, we get it. She's sad. Like, we're supposed to feel like the characters are sad. It's like this song is depressing. Yeah. Like, shit as it is. Like, why? 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 But I was pleased that they did have that one decent song, and I did wonder if it's because it's from the Grace album, and they have all these allusions to the fact is what mum is called Grace, and the boat's called Grace, and I'm like, oh, is that what you're doing? But it might have been me giving them too much credit. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, like the Danny Elfman score, I think nails it in this because he kind of he's playing up the, <laughs> the the melodrama and the kind of like the soapiness of it all. It kind he feels yeah. it feels like he's going oh. I'm now scoring like, um, yeah, like a soap opera. So I'll just do that. Yeah. Um, we hardly see anything in the Red Room, don't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind um, of it's it, it's it's alluded to a lot, and it's kind of feels like the ultimate prize in this film. Yeah, and then when they get there, he he fucks her sideways. That's what I've got written, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't remember happening. But that must have been about as exciting as it got. Um, and there's also is there a shower sex scene? Yeah, I've and got they're, that. They're fully there. clothed. They're fully clothed, which is like seems again practical. Do you know what I mean? Like wet, that wet clothes aren't sexy to take off as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, cumbersome. Um, yeah, cumbersome is how a lot of the sex and tension feels in these <laughs> films. And I think, I think, yeah, I think I would agree with that as a final thing. Um, I've just got written every now and then so much nipple. <laughs> but I think that's most of what I I remember seeing in the credits that like one of the fourth people co- credited is like yacht captain and fire choreographer, which makes. <laughs> film sounds way more exciting than it is um but yeah i just found it a very boring film and very forgettable because obviously i've forgotten large parts of it are you excited to cover the third part or are you kind of dreading ever speaking to me again (laughs) uh no i think it will be exciting because we're gonna do it we're gonna do it in the in the gooch week we're gonna do it between christmas and year no this, right? this one goes out gooch week the the final episode uh, will go out on valentine's day. valentine's day as close to valentine's you, day as yes. we can get it uh um so i am looking forward to it <laughs> do you have any expect- i'm looking forward to you finding more long clips of just like intense music for us to listen to while staring at each other via screen <laughs> <laughs> i will I, I, I will see how long i can get those clips yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I like to close off these episodes, I like to ask my guests if they managed to find any Coppola connections within this film. So people who worked on it or are in this film that appear elsewhere in a Coppola family's film. Did you find any, Charlie? Oh, then other than the one we've already identified. Yes, I can, I can, I can rattle off a few for you, people who appear yeah. elsewhere. So Jamie Dornan plays, the, uh, plays Count Axel Fersen in... Uh, Marie Antoinette, directed by Sofia Coppola. Eric Johnson, ah. who plays the boss, is in A Simple Favor, which John Schwartzman was also the DOP on. Bruce Altman, who is the like guy who basically gives Anastasia the job at the uh, publishing company, plays Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage's uh, um a psychiatrist in Matchstick Men, the uh, Christian Grey's dad. So Eric Arley plays Rich Man in a in Big Eyes, the uh, Tim Burton film, which I imagine is a very small part if his name is just Rich Man in the credits. Rich Man. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Danny Elfman scored Big Eyes, The Family Man, and Edward Scissorhands. And what's the last one we got here? Editor Richard Francis Bruce edited. Ghost Rider and The Rock. So there's some Coppola oh. connections within this film. Okay. I will make sure I look out for some the next one. No worries. Um, uh, so I will do my homework. <laughs> let's get to scoring this film. And I do it a bit differently out instead of a five-star rating on this uh, podcast. Coppola's are synonymous now with wine. They love a bit of wine. So mm. what would be your perfect wine pairing for this film? Is this a, a white wine? Is this a red wine? Is this a sparkling wine? What's it? What, what are you drinking whilst watching Fifty Shades of Grey? You did drink wine whilst watching uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, right? 
I did with this one, um, which is why I maybe initially thought it was better than the first film and then why <laughs> I realised I'd forgotten so much of it. Um, what did I drink with this one? I think I, I, think I would drink a, a, a red one. A red one. I'm going to say it's a Malbec because I'm allergic to Malbec. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a perfect answer. Yes. I, I, I think this, this is a, I don't know, this is one of those bottles of red wine you get that comes in a plastic bottle in like Sainsbury's, yeah. do you know what I mean? In a, the, the same type of bottle you get olive oil in. It's like wanting to be red wine, but it's cheap and nasty. <laughs> I would disagree with that because my so when I lived in Italy, uh, you do get re, you do get wine filled up in whatever bottle you oh, have. We're not talking about Italy here. We're talking about we're talking about uh, the United Kingdom where those oh, uh, okay. those wines are. Because my but my my uh, when I think about wine in bottles like that, I actually assume it's probably going to be quite. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I see it in someone's house, it's going to be for a family um, vineyard. I, yeah, I'm going to say it's like. Um, uh, like a really sugary rosé okay. um, that makes you feel really ill the next day. <laughs> a real headache. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, not, not the best. So is this wine, a.k.a. film, a bottom shelf, middle shelf, or top shelf film slash wine? Bottom shelf. Bottom <laughs> shelf. It's been kicked over by someone's dog and nobody's like come to mop it up in the aisle. <laughs> it's got a whoops it's got a whoop sticker on it. It's got a yellow sticker to to, to, yeah. to say, Oh, it's reduced. It's reduced. Please buy it. We don't wanna we don't wanna have it here anymore. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. This is a bottom shelf film. Um and now on to some impossible questions. So which Copeland oh. member would you keep, but in doing so, you get rid of the filmographies of the entire rest of the family? I'm going to say I'm going to be very uncontroversial. I think this isn't a controversial opinion. I'm going to keep Jason Schwartzman. Oh, I love it. I love it. And all yeah. his films because I love his wee face and <laughs> pretty much all the films he's in. And. I feel bad for the rest of them. No, he's a, he's I maybe a, would keep Francis Ford Coppola. I don't know, but I don't know. No, I'm keeping Jason. No, you've <laughs> got to be selfish with this with this answer. Yeah. I, I always, I always like, I always ask people to be selfish because I've had people in the past say, "Oh, for the for the sake of film, we'll keep Francis Ford Coppola." But yeah, yeah. Jason Schwartzman. Um, that's, that that came up on the last yeah. episode as well. There's a there's two ticks in the box for Jason Schwartzman, and I really uh, yeah, I can imagine. You just he looks. He looks like a bit of a puppy. You don't want him to be sad. Yeah. You don't want him to disappear. Well, yeah. So. You, what, you get every Wes Anderson film, basically. All the Wes Jason. Anderson yep. films. Yeah. He's, he's very, he does a lot of comedy and I, I'm, I'm more for the comedy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep him. Perfect. <laughs> um, so based on Fifty Shades, or, uh, Fifty Shades Darker alone, are the Coppola's the greatest film family of all time, Charlie? <laughs> on this film alone mm -hmm. uh no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely they're, not they're the worst they're the worst of all time uh and on to the most important question of this podcast maybe what does bill murray say to scarlett johansson at the end of lost in translation oh 
Um, I think he says, um, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice, but um, I don't know. That's nice, but uh, you'll forget about me. That's that's what he says. Maybe he says, well, "What are butt plugs? What are butt plugs? <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna put that in my butt? <laughs> that's not going in my butt. It's not that's for not your butt. In... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to change my answer to that. That's more fun. <laughs> maybe, maybe his answer is this. There you go. There you go. That is no, you're not putting those in my butt. There you go. Uh, amazing, Charlie. Thank you so much again for coming and making some Coppola connections with me. Where can people keep up to date with everything you're doing, whether it's comedy, acting, or all of that kind of jazz? Where's the best place to find you? Um, probably on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie V Martin, uh, or my website, um, CharlieVRoMartin.com. Perfect. Well, yeah, again, thank you so much for this. And uh, I guess me and the listeners will see you again in the new year for the third And Valentine's Day. Yeah, let's, let's get those roses <laughs> out, guys. Let's uh, tell, tell the people you love that, that, that uh, the, the, this, this trilogy is getting finished and yeah. hopefully we will stay sane. Let's dress up for it. I'm going to dress up. Oh, yeah, date. masquerade ball. <laughs> That, 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 yeah, there yeah. you go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we have to stream that one, maybe. We'll do a full, we'll do a full live episode. Masquerade Ball, you're all invited. Get ready, guys, for 50 Shades Freed. Again, a massive thank you to Charlie for being my buddy in all of this torture that is the Fifty Shades franchise. And a massive thank you to all of you guys for listening, not just to this episode, but to every episode, especially this year. It's uh, It's been a weird year, but this podcast has somewhat been some solace for me, and it feels like a perfect time as we're heading into 2022 to give out some, some massive thank yous. So, um... First of all, Liam H. Dempsey. Uh, I, I chat to Liam very frequently, and he's kind of—he's always in my corner when it comes to podcasting. That—that—that—that's that, that, really great, and has introduced me to some amazing people and podcasters. So that's included Matt Brothers, um, Paul Wilson, Morris, and uh, Daryl and Jeanette Barber. So why do I keep saying their name wrong? I said that wrong last week, but yeah. Uh, there's, there's a tight little family and I guess I really, really, really need to thank the Breadcrumbs family and especially Jonathan Foster. Obviously, Phil and Ariane, I, I love you two both, but uh, Jonathan was the one who reached out to me and asked me to be a part of the Breadcrumbs Collective and being a massive fan of the Prince Charles Cinema and the Pod Charles Cinecast, being asked to somewhat be linked to that whole thing and being a part of that, like, collective has really really like i don't know gave me a boost in confidence and made me think what i'm doing on this podcast is a good thing not that i kind of didn't have that feeling already but it's kind of that co-sign to be like hey man we really love what you're doing it's the similar kind of ethos to what we're doing 
come on board. And that's, I don't know, sometimes listeners saying what you're doing is great is is, is, is really, really rewarding. And like it's, it's nice to get some uh, positive reinforcement from your peers as well. So, yeah, a massive thank you to uh, Jonathan and all the guys at the Breadcrumb Collective. So, if you would like to give me some praise, if you'd like to tell me how much you love this podcast, you can always reach out, or you just fancy a chat, you can catch me on all the socials. So that is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd, all at Caged In Pod. Or if you'd like to drop me an email, you can do so on cagedinpod at gmail.com. As for next week on the podcast, obviously we hit a new year it's 2022 baby but it is also the month of Nicolas Cage's birth so the podcast will be taking a little detour to celebrate all things Nicolas Cage and revisiting four of his classic movies and there'll be a special pig cast interview that will be dropping that month as well which I'll, I'll tell you who it is in due time but for the first episode of the month I'll be joined by Nick Helm once again who joined me way back when at the beginning of the year to talk all about Colour Out of Space he comes this time to talk with me about a 1993 underseen Nicolas Cage gem that is Red Rock West Uh, we had a great conversation and I really think you guys will enjoy it and if you can try and find that film I managed to buy it on Chile uh, it's a website I'd never heard about uh, before until until I had to use it to buy this film. But it is it, it's it's a kind of it's it's a film that's out of time and kind of you never see a film like that somewhat again. And it's it's great. So if you can track that down and watch it, I highly recommend it. So if you enjoyed this episode or any episode of the podcast and would like to support me in any way that would be great and the ways you can do that is heading over to ko-fi.com forward slash caged in pod to buy me a nice little digital cup of coffee that really helps to keep the the lights on over here uh caged in towers and really helps me to kind of uh feed the uh, dvd collection i have to amass or rental costs to watch these films for the podcast and just keep up with maintenance with stuff like equipment breaks or anything like that um but yeah you don't need to know all about that uh if you want a kind of long-term commitment you want to you want to take it to the next level and support me on a monthly basis that would be amazing and you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash caged in pod where from january you will be getting some real gold you'll be getting the brand new sister podcast of this movie brat bros where we're looking at the career in season one of brian de palma and looking at how his films match up against francis ford coppola's from that time so the first film we'll be looking at is mission impossible that film came out in 1996 so we'll be going hey who had a better year brian de palma or francis ford copper do a quick google you may know the answer pretty quickly and then the second film we will be talking about in that month is phantom of the paradise which i'm joined by daryl and jeanette bear and it's uh, a great episode uh, yeah the mission impossible one 
episodes with Nathaniel Metcalf and you'll be able to access those for as little as £2.50 or $3 a month. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash caged in pod. However, if you don't want to give me any of your money, which is fine, I don't mind that at all, but would still like to support this podcast, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever you listen to podcasts and give me a shining five star rating and a glowing review. Tell me, tell me what is your answer to some of these questions? Like what is, what's your favorite Coppola? Who, who would you keep out of the family? What does Bill Murray say to Scarlett Johansson at the end of Lost in Translation? I'd love to see your answers in your reviews. So head on over there and do all of that good stuff. So, as ever, I have been your guide through the crazy world of the Coppola family tree. And remember that you don't need to find real love in the world. All you need to find is a partner who has lots of money and can solve all your problems by just clicking his fingers and abusing his power to get you exactly what you want. Anyway, enough of that. I'll catch you next year, guys. Thank you once again. I love you all. Bye-bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.